What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Underground Connection. It's your host, A. Mayo, alongside with my co-host, L. Pendos. What's good with you? That is my temporary name until we figure it out. So hopefully, by the first of the year, I will have my official nickname, right? But I'm all, all right. good. This, this, is, this is what I propose. If, if you don't have anything else by the first of the year, this is what we're rolling with. Okay, I'm cool with that. We'll have okay. we'll have everybody take a vote. Wow. Nah, nah. This, this, this is it. This is it. No vote. Okay, I accept. What is what's the nickname? What's what's the name? L Pendles. Oh, L. Pendles. Say what? So that audience that, that that voice you hear in the background, that's our guest this week. Ray Ray Swoop. What's good, well, Ray? Everything, Dad. Everything's good. You feel me? So 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 Ray, man, what what's your input on this? Do you do you do you like the nickname El Pendles? Do you fuck yeah, with it? Yeah, man, you know, if it means something to her, you know, and if it describes Oh, it's just my first name and and middle name shortened. That's I mean not middle name, last name shortened. That's all. Yeah, well, you know, sure. You know, my name is Ray Swoop. I mean, that's the name I was born with. That's when I jumped out the womb and got busy. That's you know, it was my father's name. I'm Ray Swoop Jr. So I just said, Man, we're gonna keep it pivot. It sound like James Bond or a race car driver or something, like a spy or something, you know, you feel me? When I was looking for a rap name, the guys was just like, man, bro, with Ray Swoop, that's tough. That Real is. tough. So I had that to, is you know, a dope name. My man, good luck. I have too many syllables, but we'll talk about this later. This ain't about me. This is about you this evening. Say what? I could dig That's it. right. That's right. That's right. But you're not off the hook, though, Lauren. Like mm-hmm. I said, first of the month, if you don't have anything different, El Pendos is what it is. Okay. All right. You're the boss. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Ray, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Actually, this is the uh, first time I'm you know, I'm getting hip to you guys. Man. I'm really getting familiar with you right now, Judge, as we speaking, boss. Man, That's what's up. Yeah, but That's I'm going to tune in from here on out, though. You know, y'all make sure y'all tap me in so I can, you know, I can rock with you every time you're doing it. So, uh, I'm kind of glad that you haven't listened to us yet. So, that means you're not familiar with how we like to start things off. No. Um. Are you a basketball fan? Yeah, man. I I love it. Yeah, I love it. Bulls? Oh, of course. Why wouldn't I be? I have to be. Okay. Okay. So we start the podcast every week with what we call the starting five. Right. And just like a, a, a basketball lineup, you know, starting five is random questions that we've come up with that we're going to throw at you before we start really going into what we really want to talk to you about, which is your music. Say no more. Let's do it. So... I'm gonna let Lauren go ahead and kick stuff off for the starting five this week. Nice. Oh yeah, I love this question. So if you could describe Chicago in one word, what would that be? Uh probably say uh something like probably gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. That'd be the one word I would use. Gorgeous. Why yeah, why gorgeous? I mean it's a it's a very beautiful city. You know, rain, sleet, hail, sun, you know, in the summertime, you know, it ain't nothing like it. Wintertime it get kinda grimy. You know, it's a tough city, really tough not to crack, man, and, uh, you know, chew you up and spit you out. But at the end of the day, though, you know, Chicago is uh, it's a, it's a really, like, you know, you got the East Coast, you got the West Coast, you got the South, but everything comes and connects via the city of Chicago, you know. It's like you don't get from out, you know, it don't come from out East and then go out West without crossing here, you know. So Chicago kind of got its hand and everything, you know, everything that moves and shakes 
in the union. When I say the union, I mean the United States of America. You know, everything, um, you know, that slides and, and collides come through here in one way, shape, form, or fashion. You know, everybody kind of looks to Chicago. And, and, and although, you know, they say second city, you know, they take bits and pieces. Chicago's originated for quite a few things, man, a lot of things. You know, we know for great food. I mean, we have absolutely beautiful women. We got some really super cool dudes. But at the same time, you know, you know, it's that gang culture. So, you know, you got to kind of be careful where you at. And it ain't always based upon color, you know. So, you know, you can't always gauge on that. You know, all the, you know, the different, you know, affiliations do have colors and things of that nature. I mean, Chicago's just a really, really dope town. Really, really slick town. I love it. You know, I love it. Wouldn't mm-hmm. prefer to be from anywhere else, man. It's, it's, it's gorgeous, man. I love it. Mm-hmm. Man, that was uh, that's a hell of a description of Chicago. Bro. I, 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 uh, I have not said any of that better. I don't think anybody could have said it any better than that. Yeah, uh, kudos to you on that. Um, intertwining with too. that question, you're an artist, and most mm-hmm. artists, as I see, tend to flock away from Chicago so right. you, uh, how do I want to put this um do you have the desire to go and take your music elsewhere outside of Chicago well I mean I'm, I'm bigger than just one place right. I'm in a planetary I'm universal love you know you catch me on Mars you know vibing on the sun so I mean I take it all over the world but you know it ain't really where you're from it's where you at but at the same time it is where you're from you know the thing about Chicago and 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 um and making it as far as music is concerned or any kind of show business, acting, entertaining. The city of Chicago, number one, we like I said, we come off that gang culture, you know, crab in the barrel mentality. If you're not from my set, you're not from my block, you ain't from my tribe, my nation, then I ain't going to really draw completely into you. Then on top of that, when you, when it, and then it goes back to, you know, it's a mob connected political machine. You got to be connected to the three eyes, the Italians, the Irish, or the Israelis, or the Jews. So it's kind of like cut me in or cut it out. They make it difficult. Chicago is one of the only places that in the in the union where you have to have a license to keep a license. You know, like you have to be validated anywhere you go. But the city of Chicago has its hand in everything. You know, I'm, since I've been on the planet, man, we done had at least three governors go to the can, to the fair joint. You know, so it's like it's full of career. You know, just pay me or play me. You know, and, and then it's like, you know, that's so that's the city of Chicago. It's just very, very difficult. And then we haven't really had an artist to kind of just um be able to just unify everything and totally. I'm not saying that we haven't had, but it becomes difficult at, at a certain point. So it comes to the point where if you really want to generate some real income or have your business, you know, like I said, just the, some simple starting a business. They run you around until you be down at the Dirksen Federal Building over here, and they run you over there to 69 West Washington, and they take you down there, and you go to 12 different places. For instance, like I, I had a house, a property that I was um in the process of selling, but you know, it was just a whole situation with it. Man, I I went, I was back and forth from like the Cook County Building to the Dirksen Federal Building. They would send me to the fourth floor, then they would send me back to the county. The county would say go to the twelfth floor. The twelfth floor would tell me go back over there to the county side. The county would tell go down to the eighth floor. So it just it just runs you around in circles so much that you find yourself getting tired of it. The radio doesn't you know completely support they'll have all the home jam segment or they'll say hey look man uh we're gonna for this hour we'll just play chicago artists and spotlight guys but they don't wholeheartedly support like our top 40 will reflect new york's top 40 and the same top 40 that you'll see in um in, in california the same top 40 you'll see in vegas and, Arizona, and so on and on and on they could go to new york 
literally there are artists that you probably haven't seen or heard of that tour the, the far east. They might tour back and forth from New York up and down the coast to Baltimore and never have to see the Middle East, Middle West, West Coast. And they're able to generate, you know, they have radio stations that support them, college radio stations that are big in their city and play them, you know. And so it's like what you guys are doing is really important being, um, you know, being a Chicago based uh, podcast that spots like Chicago artists, you know, that's things that we need, you know, with the advent of the um, Internet and, you know, everybody and uh, SoundCloud, different things of that nature. We got to get to the point where we supporting each other hook or crook like there is, you know, like we don't let nobody else come across here unless they rocking with Chicago. That's because that's how it is in other places. If they go out west. You know, you're not going to be able to do your thing and get busy like that unless you tie it in to somebody out west or out east. You can't go out there and really just make a super duper splash. Like, you know, you hit the king of New York. It's a huge thing. You ain't really never heard of no king of Chicago unless you're talking about Latin kings in Chicago. You ain't really never heard nobody talking about who's the king of Chicago. You know, you hit T.I., the king of the south. You never really hear that. Who's the king of Chicago? I mean, ain't nobody. As soon as you announce yourself out there like that, the haters finna slide on you. The um, stick up man finna come and try to poke you. You know, the, the business class is going to sit there and say, well, what have you done for me lately? What licenses do you have? So you kind of almost got to keep it under the radar and stay neat until you bubble, until you, you, gotta, you know, you got to do it like it's quiet money. You feel me? Bubble till you blow. And that's kind of our thing. I guess, you know, it's kind of a uh, roundabout wordsy answer, but that's, you know, my, you know, that's what I would say with regard to that. Man, Man you, um, you really dropped a lot of game in, yeah, in, that, in that answer. Word, and word. um, you know, listeners listening listening to this podcast, um, yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of gems sprinkled within that answer. So hopefully, y'all pick that up. Yeah, man. But I can tell you got a lot of Chicago pride. Yeah. And um, and I think one thing that goes with Chicago pride is mm-hmm. is being is being a Bears fan. Right on. Um, so what are your thoughts on the Bears this season? I mean. I was encouraged by certain things that I saw. Also, I was discouraged by certain things that I saw. You know, the defense, number one, took a step back. You know, you got to look at, okay, Mac, man, you got the Mac attack. That's always going to be there. You know, that guy, he's special. That guy, he's a a, a freak, Jack. I mean, you know, you got a double, triple team. You got to put a lot of bodies on him. But that frees up the other side for guys like Leonard Floyd. What is he doing? You know, where's his productivity? How come he doesn't have – seven, eight sacks, five sacks. You know, he's it was a little bit more useful, you know, than I've seen him in uh in, in you know past years. But what is he doing? Is he I mean they, they got him on there because he's supposed to be fast off the edge. But then he seems to be too little to beat the one on ones. You know, Akeem Hicks got hurt. So that kind of fucked up the middle where, you know, we had a stout running defense. You know, and then you know he had Danny Trevathan go down. But Kukowski, he looked really good in, in that spot. You know, so number like the defense took a step back. I don't know if it was the Fangio scheme versus um uh, my man Pagano scheme. You know, Pagano likes to blitz more. You know, um Prince of Mucamara, steady getting burnt. I don't know what's over church. Church ass can't keep a you know what I mean? He couldn't catch a coal in Alaska with his balls hanging out. So I mean, you know, I don't know what's over Shorty, bro. Shorty can't get ill no more for me. He used to be really physical. He's not the type of guy that's gonna create a lot of turnovers for you, but you didn't really just beat him off the line. Now, I was like, I think I could probably beat him. You know, I could run a slant route on, on, on the angle. Let me not say that because he'd be coming looking for me and shit and put me on blast. But then, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was kind of like that, that that naggy on the offensive side of the ball. I, it was kind of, um, not I can't say a myth, but Buddy get too 
cute and too smart for his own good. He likes to do a lot of run gun, which means running out the shotgun or the pistol formation. He need to kind of go more back to like you know um, two tight end, maybe run some three tight ends. They got to run the ball. You got to ground and you got to pound. When the defense takes a step back, like and then the thing is, the defense they were number three, number four all throughout the year. They they didn't give up any more than like seventeen. They didn't. They weren't. They weren't average. Teams weren't averaging more than twenty points a, a game against the Bears. You got to have an offense that can put up points. You can't depend when you're not creating turnovers and scoring on the turnovers. And then when the kicking game, you know, is, it has been up and down. And you know how that roller coaster is. You got to put up points. You got to control the line of scrimmage. You got to control the the, 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 the um the, 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 the possessions, the clock. You know, so you got to have the ball. You got to run. They got rid of Jordan Howard, which I mean about but i mean i guess neggy you know that's what i say he's just he's either really smart or he's really fucking stupid you know because i mean he gets away from the run then it's like they put so much on trubisky you know they say they want to come off the rpo which is run pass options you know you can either keep the ball as the quarterback you can hand it off or you can run a play action off of it and make a pass down the field well it's like once they got away from it i don't know if they wanted to well, they can move the pocket the guy can can move bootlegs you got a, a running back in Tyree Cohen that can burn safeties, can burn fucking um um uh, 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 linebackers. So why didn't they run more wheel routes, more um uh you know just get them out in space, just give them the ball in you know like uh screens and shit like that, like pretty much just exaggerated runs. They wind up being passes on the stat sheet, but they start out behind the line of scrimmage, so it gives you an opportunity to uh you know kind of attack the defense from a certain perspective, they got away from moving the ball on the run. They got away from moving the pocket and running with Trubisky. And it's almost like they thought he was just going to jump back then, Joe Montana's way to the top. And then once he, once that became a failure for him, then it kind of just, uh, shit just kind of imploded. So I, I, I like what I've been seeing from him most recently, but I would like mm-hmm. to see him paired up with a good running game, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the offensive line getting penalties and doing dumb shit. I think all of that is just kind of a culmination of, of bad coaching, and Ryan Pace, I don't know when the hell they're going to run that nigga out of town. Church, shorty, he'll make a good pick, then he'll make three bad picks. I mean, where the hell is Kevin White? What's he up to? You know, he keep going to Georgia getting guys. You got to Javon Williams looking really good, but you got to get him out there on the field. You know, so that's my thing. It was like I was discouraged, like I said. I mean, I was encouraged, but at the same time, I was discouraged because a lot of our issues with the Chicago Bears was almost like you were shooting yourself in the foot, you know, things that could have been avoided and prevented. Mm. And, it, and at this point, it, I would say they're probably out of the playoffs. This oh, year. hell yeah. So, Forget about yeah, that. So what do you think next year with the offseason? What, what do you think the, the biggest thing they need to focus on to kind of turn things around again next year? I mean, you got to get real stout on that offensive line. You know, if you're going to use the bodies that you got, because I saw some guys out there this season that at times they look like they can be, you know, gems, diamonds in the rough. Sometimes they look like, man, get this ball the hell out of there. I think they got to really, really, really lock down and hammer out who they're going to have as they running back. You know, who can run the ball between the, the numbers, you know, through the A gaps, the B gap, who can move the ball progressively, get you four, three and a half to four yards every time they touch the ball. So that way you kind of control the line, line of scrimmage and you can come off the RPO, you come off the, the play action. Then I think they need to bring a quarterback back there that's going to, if he ain't going to replace Trubisky, at least compete and make Trubisky mm-hmm. feel like his job is on the line. Because when you got Chase Daniel, mm-hmm. I mean, that's almost like having Daniel Chase. I mean, that's just some – this nigga got two first names. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's his, <laughs> I mean, his name is Chase. It's not even Daniels with an S. It's Chase right. Daniel. 
Like, right. I mean, you know, right. like, come on, Dad. What's really good with you? You know, you got to fix right. that. I would have took my middle name and made it my last. Something got to get, like, buddy ass ain't the quarterback. And Tyler Bray, mm-hmm. he ain't been nice since the birth of Jesus Christ. So I don't know. You know, it's almost like Trubisky looking at it like, well, shit, who you going to put in there beside me? If I jerk off, mm-hmm. if I turn the ball mm-hmm. over. You know, because a lot of times, like, he looks he looks away from the open man. He'll have a crossing route and have a, a man that he can hit, but he's looking to make a play down the field. And he's not not with his legs, but he's looking for something down the field to develop. Take the, the play that's in front of you. He can't seem to hit the broad side of a barn. You know, he mm-hmm. thrown the ball. Like, it was a couple of times. Matter of fact, this past weekend, they had, a, like, a, I think it was a third and seven. Hit you know uh, uh, Allen Robinson was wide. He throws the ball behind him. He, he does that too much. Where he does not hit his receiver on a number. He doesn't hit. It'll be a, a, a play where the receiver is moving, and he, the receiver would have to stop or go back to get the ball, which winds up resulting in a loss of yards or not gaining all the yards. If you hit him in stride, he's gonna do his thing. But Trubisky is like you slowing down your own momentum you feel me so I, those are some of the things i would definitely do i gotta i gotta establish the run get that off because the defense looking the defense is stopping you know they could, if they could get back to turning the ball over and maybe creating some some points off the turn or at the very least putting pressure on the other team by advancing you know giving the offense the ball and and positions where they can score from and that's what they were doing last year versus what they do in this year but they still stop they still don't put up a whole hell of a lot of points against them the offense got to do their part, too. They got to run that ball, church. They got to run that ball, church. Mm-hmm. And Trubisky got to feel like, man, if I don't do it, there's somebody sitting right there that can do it. And I believe that that'll kind of jumpstart him, get him out of his own head. He got to get out of his own head. He gotta, you got to be mm-hmm. fearless. You got to say, man, if I fuck up, I make a mistake, it's bound to happen. I'm human. Humans create errors, but I'm going to figure out a way around it. It's like once he jerk off once, he's no good anymore, G. He turned the ball over, church, and he's gone. For the rest of the day, he out there just lollipopping. Looking mm-hmm. real goofy. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I mean, I, I think you, you just schooled everybody on that. <laughs> Word. Word. So, aside from the sports, um, mm-hmm. you have a son. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about your son and what's your favorite things to do with him. And I was kind of peeping. Is, is he... Um, Modeling, rapping too, or oh yeah, that's my man, a hundred thousand grand, man. That's my man. I love that boy when I love anything on the planet or anything ever. That's the greatest thing I ever did. G, any record I could have made, any money, I'm. Mean, that's the greatest thing I've ever created, bro. That's my man. I mean, he um he does the modeling thing. He had a couple of um like print ads back when he was younger. As he had gotten older, um you know we we had started to kind of get him into more of a the, the television side of things. And he had, like we his uh, his mother would take him to these different um, advertisement. You know he would get a call. You know because he had an ad agency that was dealing with him. They would bring him in, and his just attention span. He, he got into the point where he was. I guess he got to be too cool for school. He uh, I told him he got the look. I told him man, he's a heartbreaker, Jack. When he get my age, forget about it. He gonna man, I gotta watch him. I gotta teach him how to use them. You know man, how to how to wrap it up and keep his thing together. But, uh-oh. uh-oh. Yeah, I gotta teach him that. Dad. I gotta teach him love. I gotta make sure you know important. Yeah, forget about That's it. I'm a, I'm a, I got him. I got him. I'm a, I got him. I got to get. I'm gonna get him together. But anyway, though, he had kind of. I don't know if it started getting boring to him, or if he had preferred to be running around with his cut. He had just. It got got to be more of a, you know, like pulling teeth. So we we, we, we had gotten to the point. Me and his mother sat back and said, "Well, you know what? We're not gonna force anything if it don't come natural. If it's something that he's not a hundred. If he don't want to get into it, then we gonna fall back, let it come. But I mean, if the dollar and they paying, we playing. Forget about it." He gonna take his ass out there. He gonna do it, and they, or he ain't, he ain't no more V bucks for that for that Fortnite and all that shit. He like, <laughs> you know, 
you know. But uh, yeah, man, shorty a Fortnite crazy, bro. I swear to God, I think you know, I think that's the new crack, bro. Little old chump, yeah, he asked me so many times for that goddamn V bucks, I'll be ready to throw him out the window. That's my man, but I'm like, shorty, if I buy one more V buck, tell me about the skins. I need a new skin, shorty. You got about a hundred skins, fall back. You can't get it with what you got. It ain't gonna get done, love. But um, yeah, I think like one of my favorite things to do with him is like you know give him the knowledge of himself too. Cause it's or I thought about it, I was like, man, it's a lot of things. Like we travel a lot, and I you know hang out with him like that. We go out and eat, and we sit down and we chop it up. But one of the I like to sit down and just build with him, and you know listen to him, learn from him. Cause a lot of times as parents, we think that our responsibility, which it is, we think our sole responsibility is just to teach. When at the same time, you learn because I was a different mm-hmm. kind of person prior to having him. I mean, mm-hmm. devil may come prior to me having him. I was, I could say that, you know, I was, I can't say he's my kryptonite, but he steers me from a, a lot of things that if I did not have him, I probably would be all in, balls to the wall, and just, you know, devil may come and, and just, just move like the daredevil, you know, the man without fear. But after I'd had him, there's certain things that I'm just not willing to do because I don't want to put him and his mother through that. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all, I mean, I'm opening up myself to y'all a little bit. Maybe it's a little bit too much information, but I had, um, I had called a case. You know, it's, it's shit that happens, man. You know, in our community, in any community, I was fucking around doing some shit that I, I can't say I what, shouldn't have been doing because at the time it was something that was helping me to get where I am today. But they used to come and visit me, G. And when I would sit there, bro, I would go back to my cell at the end of the day, and I would literally feel like crying tears. I wouldn't cry. I couldn't cry, you know, but, you know, I've been to funerals, and I'd be trying to force myself to cry and couldn't cry for some reason. You know, I'm not just a huge crier like that, but in my heart of hearts, I would be so down, and the guys would be like, damn, what's the demo? You just came off a visit. Everything well? And my, his mother would be telling me, like, the, the search that they had to go through this man, like, three months old, six months old, eight months old, nine months old, and they checking his diaper bag, pulling his diaper down. I'm like, what do you think he has in his diaper? And I was just like, man, that shit would hurt me to my core. You know, I just would be like, damn. And and one of, and I would feel guilty, not about what I did or not even about getting caught. I was like, fuck it. It is just part of the game. But And I had never, ever, ever felt like that. It wasn't the first time I'd ever been in that situation. I had never felt like that, ever. But once I'd had him, man, that shit. And I told myself, you can't do that. I can't put them through that like that no more. You know, that was getting to the point where I, I, used to, I, I would feel like, I mean, I, I would live for the visits. Because I wanted to see him, but at the same time, I would be in my mind like, "Damn, I wish the man, y'all just stop showing up." Because I could, like, I could do my day room thing. I could slide and collide like I've been doing, and move and groove. But then when y'all come, it kind of sets me. Back. It's like you know, I start getting all you know sentimental. Makes me think, and I was like, you know, at that where I was at at the time, you know, you would kind of feel like you know, you got to gladiator school, love. You got to kind of you know build yourself up a certain kind of way. So I just told myself at that time, like, you know, this shit right here is just not for me anymore. I find myself now to this very day. I still cruise and bruise, you know, like I can't lose. But I, I find myself getting too deep. Or it's just certain things. The guys be like, "Okay, ride again. Like we gonna stop with yada yada yada." Church. I just can't be with it. I just can't get with that. Why not? Cause, bro, I'm not putting my little man. I figure something out, G. I punch a clock. Whatever, whatever I gotta do. I'm just not putting Shorty through that, bro. That's just not someone. So it's like, I mean, I like building with him, listening to him, learning from him picking his brain, seeing what he wants out of his life and, you know, helping him, helping him get there with it. You feel me? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, um, on a, on a whole different note, um, do you watch reality TV? Not a whole hell of a lot. I can't even lie to you, church. Not a whole hell of a lot. You're not missing a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know, right? I couldn't even name. I mean, but girl, I mean, what's the question you had? Because, I mean, you know, you never know. I might be able to, you know, I'm dope with the freestyle shit. I could come up with something for you, boss. I could come up with something so, for you, Dad. You familiar with Love and Hip Hop? Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've definitely heard of it. Okay, okay. So, um, what would you think of a Love and Hip Hop Chicago, and who would you cast for it? Mm, I mean, that could be dope. Yeah, that could actually be dope. And we say, I mean, we got a lot of artists from Chicago. Chicago has affected the industry, the entertainment industry, in so many different ways, you know. Back down to the to the blues and, you know, Muddy Waters and, you know, the whole uh, Bronzeville era, you know, with the chess records, just like that, up to the present day. We got a lot of guys, G. I would, um, hmm. You know, you got to put that clown, not to call him like that, because I mean, I'm just saying he's very entertaining. You got to put that boy Kanye out there. He's just as entertaining as they come. You know, I would watch this chump all Lord, day. Then he already part of them. Uh, you said what? <laughs> yeah, he already there with the reality got shit. Show. Yeah, he already <laughs> rocking and rolling. But I mean, you know, Common, he's a very introspective, deep cat, and he's, you know, he's an older, elder statesman of the city. He's been around. He's seen a lot. You know, I've learned, I, I feel like, you know, today's generation could learn a lot from watching him. You got to get the brat out there. Brat, oh, tat, 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 gonna come through. Yeah, she tried to. Yeah, she's super sexy, number one. And then she, uh, what's her girl name? That's her little sister or whatever. Lisa, right? Uh, baby from, yeah, baby from the Players Club. So you never know. She might mess around and be poly, uh, politicking a lollipop through somewhere and Lisa Ray make an appearance. So, you know, many times I get to see her. That's always a beautiful thing. I mean, you, I would throw, um, you know, play throw, you know what I'm saying, um, Buck and them guys, uh, Psychodrama. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they definitely staples on the West Side. Chicago, you know, heavy hitters. I had to throw my guy, um, you know, Mike Love. We used to do a lot of shit with him back in the days uh, with, with Quelo, my man, Cole Prince, a.k.a. also known as, you know, um, Almighty Morocco Stone, you know, uh, Royal. I had to throw that tribe out there because they're my guys. You feel me? They're my guys. And I fuck with them real tough. Priest of G, Master Link, all the guys. You know, we're going to put the Ryder gang out there. The Wave Runners going to definitely go. Although that just ain't our wave like that. My guys probably be like, church, move that now. You know what I mean? Well, we, our reality is, you know, not like saying that these other guys wouldn't. But my, I, the guys will probably be like, nah, church, we really ain't with all that reality TV type shit. But, you know, it'll be excellent promotion. So, you know, we, we'll, you know we'll, we'll, we'll script, we'll put something together. Now, you know, me, of course, Sonny Blanco, my man Kaysaren, what's the case with him? That's the Wave Runners right there. You know, um. I, I had to throw the gang out there like that. I mean, you got the new guys coming out there. They're going to want to see Chief Keith. They're going to want to see G Herbo. You know, G Herbo, he, he, go, he go hard in the paint. You know, I had to throw my man Turtle Banks. We used to do a lot of stuff with him back in the days. He another West Side OG, killing the rap shit, you know, so, and, and still doing it. You know, Liffy Stokes and them boys, you know, I have to get them guys out there. Um, yeah, man. That's, I mean, that, I would probably. That's gonna be one hard ass uh, love and hip hop. Ain't it, man? That's what I'm saying. We gonna put the G. We gonna put the riders out there. On my, on, if I was doing a, a reality type joint, you know, we wouldn't put the the candy land, the lollipops, and the candy boy. We wouldn't throw a whole lot of them out there. You feel me? We, we gotta. We gonna put the guys out there. We want you to see Chicago, but we all you, you you get enough of that other shit that come up out of Chicago. You know, so we, we gonna give you the give you the guys, man. The movers and the shakers guys is gonna you know gonna do it like that okay so back on to the music note Mm -hmm. what are your top three albums of all time uh, i mean my top three uh, i mean my the one that really just provoked me to want to rhyme when i heard rakim you know that eric being rakim paid in full when i heard rakim g i thought i was listening to the voice of god which literally that's that's funny because he called himself the he the god mc you know he come from the, the uh the nation of gods and earth 
Proposition Nation of God's Nerve, which you know I also you know, am a member of. You know, I build with the guys, and I study. You know, um, the, uh, God lesson study. You know, um, you know, one twenty study, which which is known as one twenty, and then the tools which unlock is supreme mathematics, supreme alphabet, and the various different plus lessons that come along with it. Um, the God. When I first heard Rakim, I knew I wanted to rap. Like he kind of, and I was at, you know, I heard, uh, you know, Karis, I heard a lot of guys that was rhyming at the time, run DMC, a lot of guys that was, and not to take anything away from anybody else, but just the way that Rock him his voice, he got that monotone, slow flow, but he punctuates every, it's just like a syncopated rhythm when he spit, everybody else would just rip their bars out. It's like he would rip, like his 16, I would imagine probably had twice as many words as the average MCs, you know, and then it wouldn't be like it was two words. And then he, the words that he would use, it was like you could see that he was educated, you know, that he read and that he was deep, that he had, you know, and he could cover a myriad of topics. And so, you know, that's that was my, that, like, he's my, my favorite to this day. He's still like the God MC. That's my favorite MC, you know, ever. Um, when I heard that Nas, um, Illmatic, Man, G, I, I was telling guys this one before, and I was dope at the time too. G, I was battling, doing the whole night. I was really, really dope. When I heard that Illmatic, I damn it threw a whole rap pad away. Like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta reanalyze how I do because now I was like 16, 17 years old when he wrote a lot of that shit, and I was younger than him, obviously at the time. But I was just like, yo, this is a young nigga, like a young teenager, that's holding, that's a heavyweight holding his own against, you know, like like heavy duty MCs. And I was like, man, just the way that he painted those pictures is almost like I could feel like I was sitting in Queensbridge with a lot of them stories. He was, and then that, that feature he had uh, with uh, AZ, Life's a Bitch. Oh, man, them boys went in so, man, they, that shit was so heavy to me. And I was thinking like, damn, he ain't in college. He ain't like no grown man. He ain't a preacher or no minister. This is a nigga from the projects, Queensbridge projects, just looking out his window and just coming up, just living his life, doing his ones and twos. And so that kind of motivated, that, that directed me and made me say, you know what, I too can you know, but I, I didn't, you know, I don't have to get older to be that dope. I could really, really be the best MC at, out here at 11 years old, 10 years old, you know, 12 years old. And then when I heard that uh, Wu-Tang into the 36 Chambers, that shit went off like a nuclear bomb because it was like nine guys all rhyming, you know what I'm saying? And then I heard uh, Prince Rakim, I heard that, oh, we love you, Rakim, and then the Jezza. He's the uh, the genius. I heard the words from the genius. Get past the ball, kid. Past the ball. I was familiar with members of the clan, mm. but when I said, I was like, who was all these niggas? Then I like, you know, when, like their first video they shot. I mean, it was like like you could still see the ticker at the bottom. It was just like regular shit. Like these niggas just did some shit in their backyard, put it together. And I was like, man, there's nine niggas on one record going crazy. And then I could listen to the whole joint top to bottom and not find myself like, okay, gr kind of. Wrap it up, Chase. Wrap it up, G. I, I mean, man, it was like everybody had their own individual style, their own individual, like they, 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 you know, they pride themselves on being swordsmen. So it was like watching nine different martial artists present their craft. And then at the time, I was rolling with a team of MCs, but we were like solo artists. But you know, we figured it'd be more effective to to combine our strengths, like Voltron or some shit, come out as a group. And then that, that kind of solidified it for me. And then once I saw how they kind of were able to splinter off, and each one or certain ones get individual, they revolutionized the rap game. You know, they were the first ones. They were like the, they were the predecessors to like. Uh, Master P and a different one, like a super group where everybody could kind of individualize. You could pick and choose who you kind of acclimated yourself to more, but the, all of them in the entirety was kind of, man, it was just super dope to me. It was just really, really super dope to me. Like, man, you know, they just came, and then it's like they just came out of nowhere, just dropped like, damn, and you know, it was the hardest shit out. 
you know, still to this day, Wu Tang forever. You know, so those were like probably the top my top three records ever, and the most influential, which kind of aided and assisted in crafting the artist that I am today. You know. Yeah, well, that that actually wraps up the starting five. So right. thank you for for going through that exercise with us. And no worries. Actually, that 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 leads into the first question, which kind of was, um, you know, when and what inspired you to get started with, with in the rap game. Yeah, I kind like I said when I heard Rockem, I was rhyming. It was me and my um, me and my cousin, my cousin. He go by the name G, uh, Jesus Peace or J Peace. But my cousin Greg, we would get together at my uh, grandmama's house every Sunday. We had this is back in the days, obviously when you know Sunday dinners at grandmama's house. And so you know, all my brothers and sisters, I come. I'm the first ace. I got a shit ton of little brothers and sisters. And well, now that we all they grown now, they ain't little no more. They got babies. But, um, you know, so we'd be over there, everybody be running around and, you know, throwing the football and the Frisbee and dribble, you know, doing whatever it is. And then me and, me and JP, we'd go downstairs and we would just like literally would play. My grandfather had the most eclectic and he had the, the biggest fucking record collection ever. And he had all kind of shit from like uh, uh, James Brown and uh, uh, to to like Lionel Hampton to, you know, he went Herbie Hancock. He was like, cause my father and my aunts, they also were avid record collectors. So they would have all kind of shit, Motown, Temptation shit, but then he would have like Boney James and um, um, what's my man, uh, Eric Clapton. He would just have a, a shit ton of records. Like I would remember uh, War, Why Can't We Be Friends? He had, uh, uh, they got the lime and the coconut, mixed it all. I forget the, uh, the white boy name who put that joint together, but that was, it was some funky shit. Average white band. He would just have a bunch of dope records. So we would just go down there and listen. So we'll take a James Brown record and we'll play the break and we'll tape it. We'll have a tape, tape it, uh, stop the tape, then throw another joint on there. And then we'll play that break, to, to start hit the record button. And that's how we literally would make tracks. We would make like tapes of beats that way. And then we would hook the little um headphones into the into the to the, to the radio and then spit into the receiver and then it should become like I'm rapping it. It sounds like we eating a bag of chips and try to rap at the same time. But that's how we used to do our thing. And we was nice to say we were shorties. And so we would we would like, like I used to write uh, for Blanc. We would write Kevo shit. My my brother Blanco. We would write shit for him. We would say, "Come over here, GB." We'd snatch him out. The he'd be running around with the kids. We'd grab him. Come over here. Rehearse your part. And then he'll put his little ones and twos to it. Develop his flow and get himself to the you know to to the MC that he is today. But that's kind of like where we got our start. Me and my cousin Greg and my grandma in basement just listening to my granddaddy and my daddy and them record collection and making our making beats and rapping over it. You know. We had this song called Board of Education. It was like B-O-R-E-D of Education. My um auntie had a buddy of hers named Pally. I forget the uh, radio station, but she used to do a, like an indie radio, like a college radio station or whatever. And they actually played it. The biggest shit to me was when they actually played our joint and then she had, like took us up there and like we, we felt like little superstars. We couldn't have been no more than like 12, 13 years old, but they played our song Board of Education. They thought it was really, really dope because here you got these three young guys talking about, you know, like just going through CPS, you know, the Chicago public school system, and we were just, you know, our trials and our tribulations, and that shit was mega tough, church. When I say this shit, I wish I could find that joint right now. G.I. bang that shit right now to this day. I'm probably <laughs> son half these rap niggas that's out there, boy. You feel me? We feel you, we feel you, feel you. What has been the most difficult thing for you as an artist? <laughs> Oh man, this shit is light work. Everything comes so easy, ma. I could do this shit in my sleep. It ain't really difficult at all, as far as on the creativity side. But I would say, you know, um, uh, 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 on the promo side, kind of, you know, it's almost like you got to bloom where you blossom. I mean, you blossom or bloom where you plant it. You feel me? So it's like getting 
the, the, like, the, the guys rock with me. The guys bang my joint, my family. They, but, you know, it's like getting my people to kind of spread the message and attracting those numbers. A lot of times people come around with you. You know how it is, man. When you go, you know, rest in peace to uh, my man Juice World. But when you go, everybody want to throw you your accolades and your roses. But while you're there and you tangible and they can touch, taste, feel, smell, they can sit right with you and be, people are not as interested. But then once you blow or once you've attracted a world or, or, or once you got everybody on your tip, not the same ones that was right there. Like, yeah, church, I knew you was going to do it, man. You always. So it's kind of like zigzags it, towing that line. And then like, like I was talking about the Chicago industry earlier, like Chicago is kind of when it comes to the music shit, cut me in, cut it out. It's probably I could there's probably like three, four guys on the radio to this day that are actually from Chicago. But they kind of police and control our radio waves. Maybe not so much control because everything coming through the FCC and it's and you know and then it, that that's trickled down through to the RIAA. So you kind of told what to play, but it's a pay to play situation, you know. So they don't necessarily vibe with you until t- after you done already took off on them. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of like, like I said, it ain't, it ain't a difficult situation, but it's just something that I found that I got to learn. It's a hurdle that I have to maneuver around, realistically getting attracting the attention of the gatekeepers or the movers and shakers, the powers that be. Either you're going to have a ground swelling um, grassroots movement where you're just going to come storm the door down and they can't do anything but accept you and respect you, or you're going to kiss ass, suck cock, pay. But, you know, you're going to do what you got to do in order to get there and you know so that's like just me kind of just uh, you know what I'm saying? Hey, man i'm always gonna be myself i'm not gonna you know kiss nobody ass I'll, I'll play you know along or not necessarily even play along but i'll acclimate myself to certain scenarios and situations like i mean obviously if you it take ass to get ass so if you want to get there you kind of gotta play ball so to speak but at the same time i'm not willing to sell myself as a man i'm not really to, i'm not willing to violate my moral code i'm not willing i mean i mean i throw them off a couple dollars to put me in rotation i mean that's just a game but it was a period of time when we used to say that shit like man i ain't paying the i mean like nigga, you pay for the cocaine nigga you're gonna pay for the goddamn record so you're gonna you're gonna you, it costs to be the boss church you know heavyweights the, the, the head that wear the crown so you gotta you gotta go with that so like i said that that is like been the most annoying or the, the the biggest nuisance with the whole shit, you know, because you don't really like. I mean, like G Count and LEP. I know what, what happened with this situation, but there's no reason why G Count ain't known all over the planet Earth. You feel me? That's mm-hmm. one of the hardest niggas ever. And I mean, he got a decent following. People fuck with Count, but mm-hmm. you know, like, like, like I look at Count, like he just as nice to me as Jay Z or somebody. You feel mm-hmm. me? And he got a story. Like so, why? He, but Brooklyn will get behind. You'll go to Brooklyn, and if you say anything bad about Jay, if you get there and try to say, "Hey, Cole, you run to Brooklyn, try to play your shit," and they say, "Man, play this Jay Z shit first. Now nah, play this Biggie shit first. Bro- right. They gonna get behind them. But right. then you know you got Count gonna come out. And niggas from the Hunters might be like, "Ah, well, shit, he from over there." Niggas from the low end might be like, "Ah, right, he one of the brothers. So, I mean, he ain't one of the guys." Don't niggas out west like, "Man, he ain't from out west." You feel me? So it's kind of like, Joe, he from here though, church. Yeah. He from here. Charlie, go ahead and show this brother some love. So and like I said, we got a lot of dope. Artists like like Bodie, we we got niggas that's hard body church, but the city we just don't get behind our own until they and then like I said and then LEP they was buzzing they was mega at one period of time, but they just never were able to. Like, there's no reason why count ain't you know a a a in a fucking um a everyday name that you talk about because the boy he he hard he one of the hard he one of my favorite artists straight up. 
Yeah, it's crazy how some of these artists don't get the recognition that they probably deserve um, based off of the work they've done. Um, you know, it's just, it's just interesting how that all shakes out. Yeah, like um, Common, Common had to start acting. He don't even really rap no more. You feel me? I mean, Kanye start tweaking and shit. He had to get off the pill. He had to start tweaking and he went to seek solace in God. And like even for the way he's at, you know what I'm saying, musically, I mean, and like financially, what he was able to reap, the benefits he was able to reap from the game, you see how much he had to go through. Like R. Kelly, you see what he's going through. And I mean, R. Kelly is, a, I guess, a different uh, set of circumstances because, you know, he put himself in the to that trick bag. And I mean, I, I don't mean, you know, I mean, I guess that's no pun intended, but I mean, he, you know, he put himself in that situation. Right. Yeah, he put himself in that situation, G, with a lot of the things he do. I mean, but I, I don't know the man personally. Like, I've met him a couple of times, different, and I know people that know people, you know, everybody, we six degrees of separation, G, everybody know everybody when it all comes down to it. But um, it's just like, where are our Russell Simmons? You know, and like I said, it goes back to that because it was a period of time when, um, right around the time when, when, uh, Fat Farm, when Russell Simmons had, had, he, had, he didn't necessarily lose Def Jam, but he had to sell his controlling interest of Def Jam. He had come to Chicago with the intentions of raising up an industry. He looked across the United States. He said, damn, Dirty South popping. The West got it popping. East Coast got it. Why can't things pop? Like, Chicago's a big metroplex. Why can't it? He came to Chicago, bro, and ran right into the three eyes that we spoke about earlier. He mm-hmm. ran right into the gang culture. Cut me in, cut it out. Right into the motherfuckers, the trigger man, extorting them. You feel mm-hmm. me? So it got mm-hmm. to the point where, like, it just got to be more of a heartache and more of a headache so he ended up abandoning that initiative when realistically that was man we had russell simmons the creator of def jam here looking to develop an industry here we have so many producers and talented writers that people don't even know about that have won grammys emmys tony have you know nominated for these various different prestigious awards but we cannot just seem to make it culminate into an industry that would feed our own you know, because we traditionally will not support our own for whatever reasons, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like that's a that's a common gripe in my, among Chicago artists is that right. it's just there's not a lot of support within the city. Um, it's a lot of people trying to do their own thing. But, yeah, as far as, like, artists really supporting each other and really putting each other on and promoters and stuff like that, it's kind of kind of a doggy dog kind of a city. Mm-hmm. Um but with that, with that being said, so um, what what can we look forward to from you as an artist um, coming with the new year coming, 2020? What do you have coming in 2020? Oh, Dad, forget about it. I'm the best out, church. Man, 2020 vision. Do you see it crystal clear? Church, if you look at my album, top to bottom, I put my album up against any record that came out. And I mean, it's just the history of man. But we're going to be more specific because that's a lot of listening time. You got to log mm-hmm. a lot of hours. But mm-hmm. just this year specifically, you feel me? A lot of artists have dropped records and come up. Man, them niggas couldn't touch my record, G. And I'm not saying that being, you know, I mean, they shit ain't just, my shit read like a script. It, it feel like a movie, G. I done had, and, and like I said, I let, I've had quite a few guys that have banged it. I got guys right around, running around right now banging my joint. They're like, yo, Chief, yo, Church, your shit ride the music. I throw your joint on tape one, or song one, and I let the tape rock till the tape pop, G. That, that shit keep running and running and running. I run your shit back concurrent. Over and over. Mm-hmm. Like, I, had, I had guys that tell me, I can't live. I got one of my guys specifically that I'm thinking about right now. Shout out my man, Kay Lucas. Shorty told me, like, bro, I'm still to this day. He didn't have the record damn near two months now. I'm mm-hmm. still trying to figure out what my favorite song is. He mm-hmm. like, bro, he like, man, your interludes. 
Like, shorty, the interludes you use, shorty, you killing these niggas, shorty. Because niggas don't put that type of time and that level of craft, the love. And my shit, bro, run A to B to C back to Z. My shit spell like the alphabet, G. One to ten. You can't skip a beat. If you skip anything, you got to restart it, G. You just fucked up the whole rotation. You feel me? That's like passing the joint or the passing that blunt out of rotation. It's like you skip one of the hairs, G. Like, damn, G. You feel kind of bad. My shit is tough, dad. My shit is tough. And I ain't tooting my own horn or nothing. But, man, I, I challenge a nigga, go listen to my record. This ain't like no battle. Oh, I want to battle you all of a sudden, bro. You can suck my if it, Even if it's, bro, I'd rather just got them and slap you up or take, you know what I mean? And not even that, man. Let's just make love, not war. You feel me? But And you're supposed to feel like that. As an artist, you're supposed to feel like your shit is tough. If you didn't feel like you put your best into it, if you feel if you listen to your shit after it's all said and done, like, ah, well, I could have, I should have, I would have. If you feel any type of way, you got to go back to the drawing board and make sure, like, I didn't miss no steps, Dad. I didn't miss no beats. If you listen to my beats, church, I threw away more beats, better beats than half these niggas. Listen what? to my rhyme, Dad. Man, y'all niggas hear the way that I'm spitting that shit? Gee, my shit line up like, psh, like, like the teeth in your mouth. You feel me? My shit, man, I'm unfucking touchable. I'm untouchable. Niggas don't have no better beats than me. Niggas definitely ain't fucking rapping no better than me. You feel me? They they definitely. I'm out rapping these niggas. G like like targeted on Christmas Day. I mean these niggas. I'm, I'm, I, these niggas can't touch me, Dad. You feel me? It's like 93 million miles to the side. They can't fucking touch me, Dad, in a major way, Dad. I'm light years ahead of these niggas, bro. Straight up and down. So I'm oh, expecting these niggas mindset. to hit my record and fuck with. What you say, love? I love your mindset. I mean, that's great. You the confidence a lot. And like you said, a lot of artists really don't have that confidence that you have. And it's okay. It's not right. tooting your own horn. Toot your own horn. That's mm-hmm. fine. You know what I'm saying? That's nothing. Yeah, of course. That's your way of manifesting, you know, the existence of what you made, which is yes, great. Yes, man. You're manifesting that. You're putting that out into the universe, which yep, is wonderful. In a major way. You, that's, yeah. that's how you're seeing it. So when can the rest of the world hear this wonderful music? <laughs> Oh man, you know what? That's the uh, me and my man. I'm working with a team, G. You know, I was all right. So, you know, a lot of times, like, motherfuckers be like, they ask me all the time, like, man, so why have it taking you longer to put out music than the rest of the tribe? Because, like, my brother Blanco got like four, three, four records. And that's he probably in the studio right now making records. My man Case around was the case with him. Queso, keep the shit official. Shorty has got a record coming out on February 25th. He, he already got a record out. But the thing is, is somebody. And not like we don't all secure the bag, but somebody got to make the money. But we all make the money, but somebody got to, you know, create successful business ventures. That's what, you know, that's where I want. And so so it it comes to the point where you say, hey, man, look, we building a business. This is longevity. I ain't trying to hop in and hop out this joint real quick. You feel me? But um, so with that being said. You know, we 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 tried something a little different with my joint because, like I said, they dropped their record and we noticed, like, man, they get twenty thousand, it's fifteen thousand, ten thousand. We look up and then, bong, all of a sudden, the the spins or the streams ain't as lovely. You like, damn, gee, we was you was streaming up a storm for like the first. Now all of a sudden, you know, so they want to drop something new and give somebody give one. They're like, nah, what you do is you build a better mousetrap. You got to expand or broaden your base now. So that's what I've been doing. I've been, you know, reaching out to blogs, you know, interviewing with, you know, with people like yourself, podcasts. I've been getting out to DJs and I'm getting a lot of love, a lot of excellent feedback, you know. So I kind of wanted to just um before I because I mean, my record, like I said, I, I took my time with this joint. Although, I mean, it, it didn't take me that long to do it. I did the whole record and, and I recorded the whole record in three sessions. I wrote the whole record literally and like three and a half days oh, wow. I mean, really it took me honestly and truthfully like selecting the beat it might have taken me a week to a week and a half to 
finish the record top to bottom. You know, it took longer for my engineer to mix and master the record than it did for me my entire recording process, writing, recording, uh, beat maker, beat you know, selecting process. But at the same time, it's chestnut checkers. I don't want to just this record is too fucking great. You feel me? It's like the difference between Hyundai and fucking Jaguar or Walmart and Louis Vuitton. You feel me? So it's like I, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I, I could be Walmart. And then you got to have all of that in order to, to you know, great, a great business mind, or a great businessman is going to give you all of that. You know, you can't just be so exclusive and untouchable that nobody cares anymore. And nobody reaches you. But you can't just give everything away to everybody. You know, and then you then you also got to be wary well, of the motherfucker with. Oh, forget about it. I mean, I was thinking about my my brother, um, rest in peace to Tom Guns. He passed away. His, he passed away. Um, August tenth, two thousand sixteen. And so my love, his birthday is um January eighth. So I was really really looking at releasing it on his birthday. You know, mm-hmm. but um, I'm looking at. I'm, I'm also um, you know um. I'm, I'm dealing like I'm talking to my publicist and talking my team, and we just seeing like realistically. The, the um you know uh, being able to and then we also have a, a tentative um opportunity to do this uh tour with my man Sean Strange shout out to my man Sean Strange Flea Lord Griselda Records we're supposed to be touring with them in January and it's an overseas venture so I wanted to at least you know have it available for streaming by then have some kind of promo ready for it have some of the merchandise together maybe some physical copies and you know so I was looking at you know January eighth but right now that's tentative please don't lock me into that love because that shit don't drop on January eighth y'all gonna no, be on my heels like man no, church you ain't said you gonna have a record on the eighth. Just yeah, let that's, know. Yeah, you feel me? We can, yeah, nah. Uh, let we, we understand. Mm-hmm. But we truly appreciate you coming on tonight. You you definitely schooled my ass on No way. Oh man, forget about I it. Y'all know, man. We each one teach one. Background. Let, let them let let the people know where they can follow you, bro. Uh, right now, <clears throat> the best way to do that, man, just hit me on Instagram. Ray Swoops, R A Y S W O O P N Z Power E is Inequality. All one character stream, man. You could touch me right there, church, and then from there we could, you know, so we could we could boogie like that. Y'all get into me right there, and then whatever else we gonna do, you feel me? Or you catch me out there on the block, slipping and sliding. You know, I'm always out here outside. Do not catch that's that's our number one thing we say. We outside, see? you feel me? Ladies and gentlemen, do not catch Ray on the block. I'm going to put that <laughs> mm-hmm. disclaimer out there. Do not catch him on the block. We do not want to catch him on the block. You said what, ma? We we do not want to catch you on the block. Do not. Oh, forget. Do I know, right? Oh, no, no, no. We cruising and bruising. We we gonna be in and out. Yeah, I mean, shit. We yeah, we keep that, you know. And then when I say I'm outside, I don't necessarily mean I might be out there no, I, doing I know that, what you know. Mean. I, I know yeah, what yeah. We promote. We we keep everything is gonna be for, especially since we over the, the airways <laughs> with it. You know, man, shit. I'm a good guy, church. We don't do none of that. We don't do like none of that. Say, like you said, make make love, not war. Ain't it in a major sure. way? Okay, yes, love sir. on the block. Thank you for mm-hmm. joining us. Where we create the. Have the gleaming wise conversations that don't hesitate to explore the underground corners of the creative process, such as yours, race, mm-hmm. aka Ruffalet. Right yes, ma'am. You know, Gratitude. like a poor sis. Yeah, it's been I real, appreciate- bro. Thank you for coming on, man. Definitely enjoy the conversation. Y'all definitely go check this man out. Um, I listen to it. I know El Pendle's listen to it. Um, it's dope content, so definitely check it out. Follow him. And uh, we appreciate you coming on, bro. Say word to my mother. Gratitude, bro. Hey, Mayo, L. Pendles. Love y'all guys, man. Appreciate you guys, man. Good looking. You feel me? And we definitely got to cook again, dude. We got to get back in the kitchen. We got we to gotta, we gotta get right back like cook crack. You feel me? You're going to do it again. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Peace. Peace. Peace.